Good morning, everyone. It's August 27th. Happy Labor Day. I'm Charlie Fink with Ted Chilowitz. It's This Week in XR podcast, uh, and we've got some good stuff to discuss uh, today. But first, Ted, you got any plans for the weekend? Um, I do have some plans for the weekend. I mean, I'll certainly be doing my normal uh, range of hopping in and out of VR and a little MR. Uh, but uh, it's an outdoor weekend here. It's, it's still nice. Uh, we're actually tracking the fires up north. My, uh, I just got back, as you know, from uh, Yosemite and Mammoth doing some, uh, some in the real world stuff, not metaverse stuff, um, <laughs> with my son, who's a, who's a professional in that realm. He's a guide in Yosemite and runs a nice. part of a part of a program up there. Uh, but now the fires are uh, starting to encroach. When we were there, there was some smoke and some issues, but uh, Tahoe is now under some severe threat. I, I understand, actually, the air in San Francisco is quite bad now. Yeah, it's uh, up north is is pretty bad. So, um, holy, that's, you know, that's what we're doing. Keeping a close. All up. right. Well, on to a happier topic. Four VR yeah. just raised seven million dollars, bringing their total raise to eight point five million dollars. They launched four VR bowling on the Quest and other VR platforms. Uh, I, we were just talking about it. I we said don't use it up in the prep. Yeah. You know, that's well, our I, problem. We use up our show in the prep. Oh, you know what? Speaking of prep, I didn't say at the top of the show, we've got Alvin Graylin, president of HTC China, uh, coming on as our guest today. Right. Uh, not only is Alvin an all-around great guy, um, but he is super uh, insightful and articulate about what's going on in China, which is very opaque to us, uh, which is odd given the scale of its... Um, you know, immersive media uh, business there. So it's always great to catch up with Alvin. I'm sure he'll have some things to say about the metaverse and uh, perhaps we'll hear more about what HTC is doing in China, where I think they have a much bigger footprint than they do here in the US. No, no, I, think up, Alvin, I think Alvin will be very insightful. And I think we're gonna learn a few things that uh, maybe we knew, but didn't remember. I mean, certainly <laughs> I've been to China many, many times through my journeys on this sort of XR, uh, learning and evolution journey. Right. And You've given, given me FOMO. Let's go back to four bowling, which everybody can do. A couple of ex-Zinga guys, I guess the raise, the raise is to do uh, more social uh, type games. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nice that everybody knows bowling, right? No splain and needed. Yep. And they use the avatars from uh, Facebook. So Facebook's avatar strategy is starting to play out through uh, the quest. Uh, on games like 4VR Bowling, and I believe they're using them also in ProPut. Yeah, your uh, your internet is fading in and out today. Uh, got most of it. I, um, I apologize, listeners. I, I was saying that that 4VR uh, uses the Facebook avatar system, as does ProPut. And so this is the beginning of that. And I have to say that Facebook avatar system, I know everybody wants to dump on Facebook, but it's nice. Yeah, and I, and I think, um, you know, what we've been touching on for weeks now, we're starting to see these threads of that interoperability of this term of the metaverse starting to come into play here, right? So here's a younger startup that has adopted that, that um, sort of protocol to bring it in. As you mentioned, the, the Topgolf uh, ProPut stuff is using it and a few others are using it. Um, so that's kind of that transportability. Uh, one of the things I think you'll remember about bowling um, and it's it's one of the when I was in the in the in person world pre pandemic when I used to give a lot of presentations around the world you probably remember I had a sort of a centerpiece about my presentation when I talked about VR that the we 
uh, and Wii games uh, was really a precursor to uh, all of what we're doing today. And if you remember, Wii Sports and Wii Bowling was a very, very big part of their launch activities on the Wii, as well as the Miis, if you remember the Mii avatars. There's an interesting kind of almost evolution of the uh, Facebook Horizon avatars and the Mii avatars from the Wii. So everything sort of lives in that realm of, you know, metaphors of the real world, bowling, golf, uh, boxing, et cetera, that we're seeing populate in VR very successfully because people like to make connection, right? Uh, and I think this, this bowling thing is, here comes the you know, revenge of the Wii all over again. So I, I keep close track on that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because of course the Wii, um, you know, is, is driven by a sensor uh, that sits on the by the television and detects your movements. Right. It was essentially the beginnings of virtual reality. And we didn't wear yes. the screen on our face and it wasn't fully immersive, but it was the beginnings of the understanding of what spatial gaming could be in the home. And it, it made a quite a quite a large impact that is still felt today in VR. So here's here's another topic. Um, Snapchat uh, added a scan feature to their camera and they put mm -hmm. it front and center. So you really can't miss it. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, it Google has this also by the way, it's called Google Lens. And it uses computer vision to help understand what you're seeing, what the camera is seeing. So for example, you could hold it up to a denim jacket and it'll say, do you wanna buy a denim jacket? You can hold it up to a tree and it'll identify the tree. Oh, pine tree, maple tree, sycamore tree. And apparently, um, you know, you can, you know, hold it up to, um, you know, uh, having to do math problems and translation, and it's all packed into one feature called scan. So I think that's pretty amazing uh, use of computer vision. And again, you know, the camera as a sensor, right. not just to take pictures. Yep. And again, you've tapped a, a vein that is becoming a very wide mainstream use case of machine learning and camera technology, CMOS technology, right? To actually be able to recognize things in the world, not just capture things in the world. Um, and that is obviously being used on an industrial level and now brought down to a consumer level. And I think that's the next sort of big step in where all this goes. We, we don't talk about Snap and Snap is not as self-promoting as some of its competitors, but I really like what they're doing. Yeah, and I'm keeping a very close eye on their on their, their prototype, um, you know, AR mixed reality glasses. I think they are largely taking the right approach to um, not releasing them as a commercial product, as we've seen, you know, some of the foibles of others that tried to release too early, but actually developing a developer ecosystem and a learning stage that may actually be multiple years before they actually find commercialization. I think they've learned on their own with some of the earlier iterations of the glasses uh, what the, the challenges and foibles of trying to commercialize too quickly are. Uh, and it's, we're at a stage now within these, uh, these companies as they mature as companies where they realize they need to derive value over time and build a product category, not just launch a product category and hope it finds a home. Um, so I think that's a smart approach on Snap's part. And so of course, TikTok is uh, testing TikTok effects studio mm -hmm. so as not to fall behind snap and instagram um you know they're trying to create a platform for both their commercial clients as well as uh, to develop a creator community 
around a kind of lens studio, a codeless, if you will, uh, cloud-based system for creating AR effects for TikTok. Have you spent any time, Charlie, feeling how terrifying and amazingly accurate the algorithm effect in TikTok is once they get you on their infinite, uh, you know, hamster wheel loop of watching the content and I was finding thinking about that. Continues. It's it's quite amazing. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know whether it's better than YouTube's. Mm. YouTube's is very powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look at very eclectic stuff. Uh, on YouTube, and it seems to understand me, mm -hmm. which is kind of scary. Um, you know, it's, I won't even tell you the stupid stuff I look at on YouTube when I'm just wasting time. <laughs> I, I will tell you, this is a conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be working on my lesson plan for next week, and I've sat here staring at my old lesson plans, playing the guitar. It's like I never play the guitar, Ted. I mean, uh -huh. this is pretty yeah, much pretty much a prop. Um, but, yeah, today I played this, but this week I played this thing for like 20 hours. There you go. Yeah, well, it's, like, it's not oh, a play you in know, your brain. It's, I wonder if I can remember the, you know, introduction to Long Tall Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then you YouTube it, you find it, you play it. And yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember it. now. Uh, <laughs> your fingers remember before you do. I love it. What the hell did I just do? <laughs> so I have to remember that. Yeah. And, and where did that last hour just go? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of the hour, um, it is flying by. So let's bring in Alvin okay. and, uh, and, and have some China talk. Love it. Uh, Alvin Graylin is our guest today. Alvin, great to see you. He is the president of HTC China. <laughs> and, and in many ways, to those of us inside the industry, uh, really with Dan O'Brien, uh, and the enterprise team is the most visible HTC executive. So I feel really thrilled to have you here with us, Alvin, uh, to talk about the metaverse. Thanks, thanks, and, thanks for inviting me. Sure, okay. to talk about the metaverse and, and the industry in general and you know how HTC is feeling about things. Uh, I'm interested in learning from you more about the Chinese market where HTC is a lot more visible than it has been in the US. Uh, aside from Viveport, of course, which um, lots of people uh, continue to use. Yeah, I mean, this, every day there, there, there seems to be breaking news. So uh, yeah. definitely the, the industry is moving very quickly. And, and you know, like, like you're saying, the, 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 the last few weeks, last few months, I, I think um, the whole metaverse thing has is, is really been in the forefront of uh, a lot of conversations. And, uh, and, you know, as we, as we just mentioned, I, I, I think it, it's probably... Uh, done a little bit too early, and uh, it's uh, done in a way where too many people are associating everything under, you know, the and the kitchen sink as being something related to metaverse, and um, it, it's probably not a not a, a helpful way to to get that concept out to people. So, um, but I mean, I don't know. Do you want to start with this whole metaverse thing? Yeah, let's start with the. Me I mean, Facebook came out with workrooms last week. Yeah, uh, let's give them right. some props for that. There's plenty of fiction. It's not like millions of people are going to be using workrooms next week, yeah, sure. uh, but it's a very, very cool product and it uses yeah. computer vision and pass through. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff going on. They built an app, which is kind of a Zoom competitor, um, mm -hmm. you know, which which works with the pass through in the VR. So, you know, they thought they hit one of the big metaverse themes with this product, which was yeah. the cross platform nature of it. Sure, and and I mean I, I think uh, they've done a really good job in marketing 
but I mean, as you mentioned, it's really, it's really nothing new, right? I mean, we've been doing the sync product for, you know, almost two years now. It's almost exactly the same product. I think they, they've done a few things uh, a little bit uh, improved in terms of, I think that the keyboard uh, see-through, I, I really like that. Uh, although that's also not a new concept. That's something that's been in, yeah. uh, you know, V-Spatial and, and, and for, for a, a while. And in fairness, there are some technology problems like your hands block the computer vision <laughs> yeah. when you're typing. Yeah. And at some point, the computer keyboard just disappears. It's had enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I yeah. assume yeah. that's... I, I, assume and, that's I mean, a, and yeah. also, also things like... like you, yeah, I mean, th th those, those things, uh, some of these things will never work, uh, be fully resolved because, uh, you know, cameras can't see behind your hands, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think, I think in, in, in general, that concept makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's still fairly limited. I think it only works on three different keyboards right now uh, out of the thousands out there, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't work for the average, um, the average keyboard. You have to have the, a Logitech or a, or a Magic keyboard I think, or or a yeah, uh, MacBook it, Pro. It, or something. Right, it works. Yeah. It works pretty well with my MacBook, but like I said, there were times when it just got confused and stopped. Uh, that said, yeah. I mean, they're trying to do a pretty advanced thing with pretty primitive technology, and um, you know, again, I mean, I thought that it was interesting that they were trying to make the point about the metaverse being cross-platform. That was a really big theme for yeah. them in it, and I thought that was fair because. You know, for this to be really big, it has to be detached from headsets. You can't say that for, without for sure. everybody having an HMD, there is no metaverse. So I thought they made that point by yeah. bringing in by bringing the computer into VR. I think they were were making a point mm. that you know the metaverse. Yeah. Oh, oh, although I, I mean, I think I think I think that's actually not a new point. I mean, I don't know if you saw. Remember our our XR Suite launch a year ago? That was our main point to the world was to you know, to really for, for, for VR or XR type meetings to take off, it has to allow existing devices to go in. So we allow phones, we allow PCs, tablets, um, Apple, Android, everything, plus uh, VR devices, standalone VR devices and, and, head, and uh, PC based VR devices of any brand to get in. I think that that's a still a very big difference than what they're doing today, which is yeah. Oculus Quest only device with PCs. So, and, and, and it's, it's actually, you still have to have the headset. You still have to have the headset to use it, right? So I, 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 I think it, it's, it's, uh, it's nice that they're bringing the, the, the interface, the, the traditional interface of the mouse or actually just the keyboard and trackpad. Um, but, but I think that's a, that's a good start for what they're doing, but it is definitely not, nothing new, right? None of the things that they've actually presented were new technologies. They just really did a very good job in terms of marketing and getting the message out. And, you know, getting getting you know Gail King to to interview Mark Zuckerberg in in the workroom. Oh, I know that was very very that was huge. Great great PR. I mean the Facebook <laughs> the Facebook PR and communications team is like the White House. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm it's, just, it's I'm just listening to the two of you guys talk and pontificate about this with a big smile on my face because you're touching all these things that I have these kind of weird work streams and touch things about in my, in my world. Wait, wait Ted, I've got, I've got one for you because I know that you lived this with me. Uh, in 2008, Zuckerberg said that Facebook was going to be a mobile first company. Mm. 
And that was when, you know, the Facebook app sucked. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you watch the forward trajectory of what a Quest and a Quest 2 are, they are effectively a mobile device, right? They are not right. tethered to any right. workstation or cabling, you know, as its primary resource. And I actually agree with that thesis quite a bit, that if you want something to work and find scale in the pieces that we're going to find scale for these things, these devices need to rely on the power of mobile compute and powerful mobile chipsets, which of course our friends down in San Diego at Qualcomm, which don't get enough credit, are yeah. really powering that revolution. Um, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And, and thanks, for, thanks for inviting me to, uh, to join you and Ted. And uh, you know, I, I look forward to this conversation um, and you know, talking about either you know, China or, or VR or Metaverse or whatever, whatever you're, you're interested in. So well, I mean, first of all, first of all, what's life like in China? Are you yeah. guys traveling around? Is it still masked up, six feet apart indoors? I mean, what what is that feeling like? <laughs> um, I, I think it's it's. I would say ninety percent back to normal. Right, uh, in the sense of we can we can fly in, in inside the country pretty much anywhere instantly, and you know, no real problems. You but you are constantly being tracked by your phone where you're going. And uh, for instance, uh, two weeks ago, I went to uh, the biggest game conference in Asia, China Joy. And when I came back from, from Shanghai, apparently I drove through an area of Shanghai that had one case. And so then my record was marked as being a, a mildly potentially dangerous uh, person who's been in a, in a district of you know, 10 million people uh, that had that one case. And so I couldn't get into my building. Uh, because uh, they, they, they wouldn't give me a green code. So I had to actually had to uh, wait two weeks to get back into the office uh, because yeah. of that. So, so, so they're very, very careful, um, which is also why they've, they've been able to keep the cases down. So essentially, you know, you're talking about single digit cases in the whole country um, and they freak out about it when, when that, when that wow. one case happens. So, um, yeah, but, but well, that is, <laughs> I guess that's the whole story right there uh, about the difference between China and the U.S. Um, I mean, I, I don't think people in the U.S. don't realize that um, everybody knows where you are at all times, right? It's not that different um, here. The information is out there if they need it. If they, yeah, yeah. whoever they <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, everybody's being tracked for in the world, right? I mean, with phones you're, you're making that available and a lot of people are doing it you know on their own with all the social posts that you're doing so so the whole concept of privacy that people keep arguing about honestly it hasn't existed for probably five to ten years now um but <laughs> so we're, we're just lying to ourselves a little bit but in, in, in china it's, it's definitely very obvious that uh, that you are being tracked and 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 that information is being used in, in different ways and and i i actually don't mind honestly in, in this case if it's for the health of other people and just to keep things safe and be able to track you know, where potential cases are happening and prevent it from spreading, I think that's a very good use of that information. Mm. Yeah, in some ways, being more overt versus more surreptitious as it is in the West where we, because we work you know, pretty deeply in tech, do pretty intimately understand how much tracking is going on and how much these companies are monetizing from that information. Um, whereas in China and I, in you know, my life has spent many, many, many months in China in various work environments. Um, you get oddly comfortable with the idea of what is going on, 
there is that sort of benevolent dictatorship dynamic that you get concerned <laughs> about. But sure. overall, people do function with a lot of freedom and an understanding that the tracking is overt and aware, which is a little different than it is in the West. So that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think in in, in the U.S., permits everybody's being tracked. They just don't know they're being tracked. I mean, yeah. like Snowden, when they, he released those files, everybody. I mean, there's so many people being tracked. Right. Every every conversation is being tracked. So so you know, which I think they're just um, yeah, exactly. So it's it's overt versus covert <laughs> tracking. That's all. Yeah. That's so so has um, HTC had an uptick in consumer and enterprise business during the pandemic in China? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, actually, we're, we last quarter was our, our best quarter in the last five years. So, um, you know, I, I, I can't say too much details about, what, you know, our finances, but, but I, I, we definitely see an increase in, in, um, in demand and also a, uh, you know, a, a broad broadening of types of industries that are, that are looking at the art. So, so I, I think it, it's a, a plus plus for, for the industry. I mean, it, it's essentially a hidden benefit of something that's quite tragic, right? That, uh, it's, it's, it's accelerated, you know, hybrid work, it's accelerated uh, XR, it's accelerated uh, a lot of the, you know, e-commerce activities. Uh, so, so it's, it's, uh, and there's, for, for there's no Oculus in China, right? They're, they're, uh, yes, yes and no. So officially it's not supposed to be here, but it's actually selling pretty well. It's, I think it's like the number three selling device in China right now. And it's being it's being sold on on uh, the Alibaba platform, and they people would actually sell a VPN router together with this device, yeah. and uh, and they've hacked it already. And so so you essentially you pay zero dollars on any of the software, and it's a fixed fixed fee. So it's selling really well because it's a it's super affordable because uh, right. it's it's you know Facebook is subsidizing it but they're actually not getting any real data right <laughs> and 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 they're not getting software revenue so it's for for the consumers who are buying it it's, it's a benefit but it's, it's it's also a very uncertain benefit because at any time the, the government can can turn it off right this is the uh, the the magic of what we refer to broadly as gray market goods right that they they yes. live on the yes. edge they largely move in through hong kong through those channels and they do kind of proliferate, as I saw in many of my trips to China, the, the, the type of consumer electronics that are massively adopted, but not fully supported. And they're supported in this sort of gray market way. It's kind of a fascinating part. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's one, one thing about China is that, that there, there definitely is a lot of gray in a lot of places. And, and, <laughs> and it's intentionally let, left that way in a way that the government creates laws uh, that they want to test. And then they, it's about, it's about the enforcement so how much do you want to enforce it or not right. and uh, uh you know so i'll give an example like like the wechat pay or alipay you know it, it essentially became the currency for the country for five years i mean nobody's carrying cash anymore right and if you think about it you know if, if, if that's also true the US US, by the allow it, it... <laughs> that's also true in the u.s well, nobody carries cash anymore no, but 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 people carried credit cards that was yeah. using essentially, uh, you know, using U.S. dollars in the back. But here, it's actually you know being controlled. All of the the, the currency, the 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 the, the, the transfers, the the security, everything's being controlled by two companies. Yeah, if you were right? two private companies. Yeah. When I was in China, if you if you weren't lucky enough to be able to be into that WeChat environment as someone that was coming in from overseas, you were at an extraordinary disability. You were at an extraordinary disadvantage because 
WeChat was literally the currency that moved everything. You couldn't get a cup of coffee easily yeah. without WeChat. You couldn't get on public transit easily exactly. without WeChat. Yeah. It became literally the bank, like it, WeChat. But now, obviously, another page has turned. Yeah, right? yeah. So, 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 this, this, yeah, this is kind of what I'm saying is that now, now that essentially the government's like, okay, we kind of figured it out. We let the experiment run for a while. You know, uh, even though they're not supposed to do that and they don't have a banking license, they shouldn't be doing any of this, right? Including Alipay and, and all the ant stuff, <laughs> right? And, 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 then, and then they came back and said, okay, now let, let, let's, let's try to regulate it back down and, and try to make it uh, something that's managed, that it doesn't become overly out of control. Because honestly, you know, a couple of companies or maybe three companies in, in the country were controlling 80 or 90% of the internet businesses because they essentially created kind of cartels of groups that excluded each other, created anti-competitive uh, you know, um, policies between them. It's like, you have to pick one of us or you can't be on, on it. And so, so I think that that's you know, what prompted a lot of the crackdown recently. Uh, although you know, I think in the, in the West, it, it's seen as, oh, the government's cracking down on private business. It, it's actually, the, the government let private business run for 10 years kind of completely unregulated to, to, to see where we go. And then now it's bringing back into more alignment. I, I mean, yeah, so, so, so it's, it's a great, um, great, great insight. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, it's not much different than what we do in the West with, you know, these large tech companies, when the government tries to rein them in and regulate them more and potentially break them up. It's actually a similar psychology. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The, the, so, I mean, the this is, this is what China and the U.S. Are, are very different are actually yeah. not correct. China and the U.S. are more the same than different in, in many ways. Yeah, and, and I think the difference is in, in, in the U.S., um, they, they regulate first and then they kind of um, kind of enforce it at, at different levels. Whereas in, in China, they don't regulate and then they regulate when they are clear what actually needs to be regulated. Yeah, they'll overcorrect right. accordingly, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if you look at the education uh, issues, I mean, the, the whole sector recently has been totally decimated by, by new regulations. But in a way, um, it's a reaction to what's been happening with that sector where they, that, that whole industry has been taking advantage of the whole, the, 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 the one child policy and, and everybody putting their investment in, in, in their children's education. And people are paying 100 to $200 an hour for tutors. U.S. dollars, right? And and these are people that are making two to three thousand dollars a month in salary, spending one or two hundred dollars per hour for tutoring. So the government's like, oh, that that's not right. That's that's you know you're taking advantage of the of the the average population. So then they're they're it in, and because it's so competitive to get into universities here, everybody every parent feels like they have to do it. If they don't do it, their kid's yes. going to fall behind. And, and, and so now they're, they're, they're essentially regulating this to say, hey, look, you know, this level of, of needing extra tutoring doesn't make sense. The teacher should provide a certain level of education. And if you're going to do tutoring, tutor it as a nonprofit so that you're helping the industry or helping the society, but not profiting individually, right? So, so they're saying essentially education should be a right, not a privilege for the, the wealthy, right? So in, in a way, from a high level, perspective it makes sense yeah uh, well, but, it's hard yeah, to argue I think that. That they, yeah but but they did but they did put the regulation together and and kind of put it out very quickly which you know definitely was a very extreme move so right so it's, well, the, uh, you know the the you know discussions and debate beforehand is not 
transparent. You know, in the United States, before a law is made, it's in the news for months. People are arguing about it. And, you know, I mean, you look at, you know, some of the things, for example, they're trying to pass a big budget in the United States right now. And, you know, yep, yep. the Democrats have packed in a lot of policies, which, you know, I agree with, which have been thwarted for 30 years. Right. You know, uh, so, so, you know, in, uh, in a sense, we've over analyzed and over discussed some of these things. And it's the advantage of yeah. centralized government in times of very rapid disruption, you know, being able to respond more quickly to the information, right? So the Chinese government got the information and they were like, all right, well, this isn't, we got to change this. And, you know, the U.S. government yeah. gets although, the although I, I think, I think it's, and then I, we have to talk about it for 30 years. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you, if you look at, let's say the, 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 the high-speed rail issue, right? In, in the U.S., there's essentially zero high-speed rail. Yeah. In China, there's like 50,000 miles of high-speed <laughs> rail. It's, it's got more high-speed rail than, than everywhere else in the world put together. Right. And that was all put, all, all executed in like 10 years. Yeah. Right. So it, it's, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, so, so I, and, and you know, I used to live in Boston. I remember that the big dig took uh, what, 12 or 15 years 15 to years do a two ago. mile tunnel, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to do a two mile tunnel. You know, uh, when I was in Shanghai in 1996 to 97, uh, there was a, a 10 mile highway went from the airport right down to downtown mm -hmm. Shanghai that took a two hour commute into a 15 to 20 minute commute. Yep, They moved out a, a million people in the path of this highway, it took him a year. Wow, amazing. Right. So let's yeah. let's pivot back to VR and uh, tell us how HCC's consumer business, uh, which is based on the Vive Focus, right, is going in China. No, no. So actually, the the, the Vive Focus is is still mostly a a B two B product. Oh, just right. like in the um, US, for some reason, I was confused about that. Yeah, so so we, we 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 do sell the focus to consumers here, which uh, I think is the difference is that we make it available. But uh, the the price point of the focus is probably about two times the price point of the local manufacturers that we support. So I, I don't know. I think you're familiar with our Vive Wave program. We actually software and the technology and the infrastructure to almost all of our local competitors to enable a low cost solution to be provided to 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 essentially uh, lift up the entire VR industry here mm. right so pretty much 70 to 80 percent of the devices that are sold here uh, for the standalones are actually using our our uh, software stack and, and our store um, so so we we actually don't need to we don't really need to sell that much of our own products to that that consumer base um, be, because we're already servicing them with our our content and then so they're familiar with the it's similar to the Steam model uh, in the West, with Steam sort of the underpinnings of like if essentially every PC manufacturer's gaming infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, you, you can think of it that way, or you know, kind of what the Daydream was trying to be, you know, five years ago before they shut themselves down. <laughs> so, so right, yeah. yeah, so 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 we 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 you know we we provide the Vive Wave SDK to our uh, other you know uh, vendors in in the market, and uh, we we support them. We give them you know technical support to enable them to be able to actually create solutions. In fact, IGE, which is one of the top uh, you know two or three standalone manufacturers here, uh, their controller is our controller that we made for the Focus, and we just essentially let them use that. Right. So so we're we're uh, we're quite. Um, Ecosystem friendly, I'll just say that. <laughs> so, so things like the Pico headsets, which are also sort of well adopted 
adopted or many of them are using the Vive um, yep. SDK and yep. underpinnings and essentially operating system to run that, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, so they're, yeah, they're also one of our partners and using our, our store and our, our SDK. So, uh, but I think they also have their own source. So they're kind of a dual store model, mm. uh, whereas the IGE one is uh, really just a single store. I, I think, you know, um, you know, Pico has aspirations to be a bigger player. So, you know, they, they want to kind of maintain some level of autonomy, which is understandable. Yeah, but but the, but the consumer business, I think it's 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 growing. But in China, I think still actually, I would say seventy percent of the of the sales volume uh, is uh, and and revenues is going to B two B. So so I think it's, it's actually it's actually a very a very different um, very different mix than what you see in in the West. I mean, if you look at the you know uh, in the West, it's mostly Quest and consumers. Right, because most well, businesses are most also, businesses are not going to use. There's there's also Sony PlayStation, which still has more units, VR units out there than Quest. Uh, I think they've been overtaken, uh, and and their growth is is very minimal. I mean, they they had a, a, quite a bit of sales the first few years, but last year or two, they definitely slowed down a lot. I think a lot of people are waiting for the the PSVR two, yeah. uh, yeah. which is you know supposed to come out in the next year or so. So. Um, so, so I, you know, and I think they haven't really updated much content as well for for that platform. Oh. It's, you know, it's a it's a it's a five year or six year old product that, that mm -hmm. really uh, needs a refresh. So, so mm -hmm. could you give us some examples of some of the enterprise level um, adoption that you're seeing in Asia? Because if it's B two B, I think our audience would like to know what is actually what are they using it for? Like, what companies are adopting it and how? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you know, some examples. Let's say uh, the, the the biggest driving schools uh, in China are using us uh, in their uh, as a required part of their their, their driving it. education process. Yeah, so so uh, you know, one of our uh, there's one place in in, in uh, Beijing, just outside of Beijing, they graduate about two hundred fifty thousand students a year. It's supposed to be the biggest driving school in the world, according to Guinness Book of World Records, uh, and they have every single user uh, try out and, and, and essentially do 50 different scenarios. You know, you're driving at night, you're driving with, when a dog jumps out in front of you, you're driving a truck stops in front of you. So oh. you're able to really, really simulate a lot of environments and, <laughs> and, and circumstances that you can't do in the, uh, in the real world. And because of that, their passing rate doubles for when they go take the real test, right? So, so in, in the same amount of time, they can graduate uh, essentially twice as many students. <laughs> so it, wow. it saves them money. It saves them instructors too. So is that something that's going to really sweep the country pretty quickly, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have five locations now. They're going to do a few more. I mean, one location is like 200,000 students. So, oh, uh, so they're, 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 they're buying <laughs> a lot of units. 200,000 is a lot of students. This China scope dynamic, <laughs> but I, but I think it's really interesting. Yeah, because you know, yeah. Charlie it's, and I, it's, it's, it's you a, and a I different, talk, different different scale. Yeah, Charlie, you and I talk a lot about enterprise use cases a lot, right? Yeah. And that is a perfect example, probably not well known in the West. No. This massive driving school with massive amount of numbers, hundreds of thousands right. of people putting on VR and living in well, a simulation. There is an entrepreneur's dream, right there. Maybe this entrepreneur is listening to us yeah. right now. Because yep. that is a, a great opportunity that has tremendous scale and, um, you know, obviously <laughs> 20, you know, thousands and thousands of successful proxies out there in the marketplace. I think we're out of time. Ted's got to go to a meeting. We We've do. been chatting for a half an hour. Alvin, it's so great to see you. Um, thanks. Thanks again for joining us this morning.
think he might have literally bolted to. He literally me. bolted. Yeah. No. No, he's there. No, no, no he's I'm, here. I'm here. I'm here. Because I, 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 the, the network's not very good, so I turned off my video because okay. the, 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 just to improve the network right. quality. So. Well, thanks for um, joining us. As Charlie said, I'm off to my next meeting, and Charlie's off to his whatever he's doing, and we will catch up in another day or so. All right. I miss right. you, man. Yeah, I hope I see you in the real. Yeah. Thanks, Alvin. Uh, for sure. For sure. I, I look forward to, uh, to seeing both of you guys. So, uh, yeah, right. have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Mm, all right, everybody, that's our show. Get out of here. Have a great weekend. See ya.